0: You can hire someone that doesn't have the degree. They may not be credentialed. If they have a great attitude and they're dependable, I can get you in the company. We can pay for you to get that bachelor's, maybe get that certification, but I can't send you to the university of attitude. And it's the attitude that a lot of I believe service men and women bring to the private sector that is invaluable. You're listening to the expertish podcast.
1: Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start? Okay, welcome to today's episode of Expertish Podcast. And today, it's my pleasure to speak with Mario P. Fields. How's it going, sir? man i'm totally. doing amazing i woke up this morning man so everything else irrelevant right on right on i think you hit it right off the bat there that a little bit of mindset of how you wake up is how your day goes I, I feel like you know not a big secret there is it no no
0: jay not not at all very simple very simple right but something that can inspire you throughout the day my friend
1: uh, absolutely absolutely And uh, well, I guess sometimes I have to explain, I explain a little bit from the military to the civilian side. So let's just start off on the military career side, if you don't mind, retired sergeant major in the United States Marine Corps. So that's a huge Huge accomplishment, and I appreciate all you've done for. Like, I, I will say, because of a little bit of what we were talking about before we start recording, what you've done to mold our nation, now our people, our military, our veterans. Because we know a couple we named before, we won't name them right now, but some that you've corrected and, and done a good job with. So, thank you for that, first off. No, Jay, thank you, thank you for your service. But before I give a little bit about my
0: background, I want to say, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening or viewing this. Hey, subscribe to Expertise, right? Jay Johnson, the amazing host of this podcast. We got a great platform with Knucklehead Media Group. And I know that the uh, owner and uh, CEO of that group very well. But again, if you're not leaving a rating and review, shame on you. Yep, I shamed you. I'm a guest. <laughs> and uh, so, no, no, thanks, Jay. Th- and thanks for having me on the show. I truly
1: appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. No, I know. I really appreciate it. And for what Mario's talking about, the producer of this show and the CEO of Knucklehead Media Agency is a great guy and stuff. And, and he's actually spoken to me about Mario several times about how he shaped him during his Marine Corps time. So good job on that one. I'm sure that took a lot of work. We can we can crack on him a little bit since he's not on here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just can't had defend you know, himself. He,
0: yeah. I told him he had to run a little faster. His three mile run wasn't fast enough, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> shoot man I bet, it's, I bet it's plenty fast enough now man that guy's he's doing well <laughs> yeah, he is. He could. He could I, I believe he could beat me so oh i i'm sure he could beat me i i just uh i feel like sometimes now when i try to run it's like i having a bad dream and you feel like you're running towards something that you've got to get to and you're just not really moving you know like right slow-mo but it's all good, you know. V- live in the past a little bit from there, absolutely. Get, but get yeah, it. you
0: know, twenty six years in, in the Marine Corps, and um, I think they promoted me to sergeant major. Come kind of like five foot three, so they felt bad, right? They were like, <laughs> they were like, yeah, this guy's got a deep voice, but he's five three. We 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 need to just make him feel better about himself." So, uh, we'll we'll go ahead and promote him sergeant major. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what it
1: was. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: <laughs> yeah. No, but I you know I did twenty six years. I was sergeant major just over eight years of my uh, Marine Corps journey. And uh, lots of commands, uh, you know, from grunts in, from infantry to logistics yeah. to Washington, D.C. Um, I, I did a stint as a senior enlisted um, consultant, if you will, in the private sector to the Pentagon, Navy Annex, when it used to be there mm-hmm. and that entire uh, national capital region team. Um, and then, you know, went overseas, did some uh, did some tours overseas, Djibouti, Africa, Israel, uh, France, went over to France, Mediterranean, See you. You know off the coast of Yemen, did some operations there. Djibouti, uh, Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, mainland Japan, Okinawa, you name it. Malaysia, Singapore, Australia—just a few of my overseas assignments uh, throughout my journey—and then uh, retired about two years ago.
1: Well, that's. Uh, I think we spoke a little bit before the before the episode too on just the experiences, what the experiences contribute to your after military life, and uh, yeah. but. Before that even, could you explain to our non-military guests? And and to be totally honest, probably some of our military guests, Sergeant Major, you know, I think a lot of people don't even realize how those stairs step up in the Marine Corps, you know, as as, as high as you can go and then then you keep going a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so the sergeant, Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps is equivalent to a C-suite executive consultant in the private sector. Uh, so and and I would say um, a consultant to to you know mid level organizations uh, small small organizations and large organizations mm-hmm. and so that's the equivalent in the private sector and and for me you know for for anyone when you first get promoted to the rank of sergeant major um you start off with the you know small organization you know the unit could be anywhere from two three hundred uh to about about a thousand uh personnel and that's marine sailors or military and civilians um and then as you you know, move up. You know, when I when I mean by moving up is moving up in bigger, you know, broader scope. Um, in that 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 consultant position, um, you can grow as far as thousands. I mean, my last when I worked for a general officer, which is equivalent to CEO of a large corporation, our unit grew to about fifty thousand, and that was fifty thousand service members, right? Military personnel, um, uh, allies, uh, right. And and civilians as well. So it wasn't just military. We were in charge of a very complex group of uh, people. But the the constant is they're all humans, right? Uh, so no, so no matter what, it's you know leadership is a behavior and behaving in a way that
1: uh, builds a team across the board. Yeah. No, that, I think that's that's huge uh, to be able to pick that apart and and because sometimes you know when when you're in the middle of it, we we joke between you know our civilian counterparts, the military depends on what side we're on. But that does uh, also, it does present, you know, a few struggles or, uh, you know, there are differences in how you get to treat or handle uh, different people. And I think sometimes people don't realize if there haven't been in, in the military that there's a huge component of that is civilian, you know, contracted jobs or em- employees. Um, and you have to handle it all differently. It's a little bit, I mean, you handle them all as people. The leadership side's the same, but I think the management side is a bit different, is it? It is. Yeah.
0: It's it's uh, you know, a lot of, I I believe a lot of professionals who've never served in the military, they 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 think that there's a big difference between a private sector structure, business structure in the military. It's not. Uh, we true. still we do onboarding. It's just you just change the word. Yeah. We have funding streams. We have to, you know, manage a budget. Yeah. Um, and not everything's handed to us in a book that says right, follow chapter one, two, three, and <laughs> your billion dollar budget will just be fine. Mm-hmm. So and then with the civilian side, you have to learn PeopleSoft. That's one of the softwares that we used for, you know, perform, you know, employee performance evaluation system, their annual, right. Their quarterly uh, um, evaluations, annual evaluations, a bonus, right. Bonus recommendations, their payroll. Mm-hmm. So, so we also had to be trained in, in the software that uh, that you, you see commonly in the private sector. Uh, when you onboard new employees, we we did the same thing um, in the units I was in.
1: When you get to the point of 50,000 people as well, that's no matter how you do it, that's uh, that's a huge, huge feat. So I know uh, trying to move around, shoot, I, I'm sure like, again, people taking that first step into our next step, I would say, into those things. Like you said, you know, your first, I guess, command is a sergeant major and you start out a little smaller and you build yourself up, right? But that first one is just as scary as the fifty thousand, wasn't it, or more? So.
0: Absolutely, because because nothing they're not the same, you know. Yes. And, and and I I just believe every experience, every situation, every unit, they're all uniquely different, just like people. Right. There's not one that's exactly the same on this earth, right? right? So so you're going to experience different emotions with different challenges or life events, and that's okay. Just being aware of them, and then having the courage to go. I don't know what I'm doing. Like you and I talked about, Jay. Right. I have no idea how to run PeopleSoft. Right. But I believe in six months I'll be one of the best sergeant majors has ever handled PeopleSoft. It's right. all your, it's your mindset and your thought process as you look at it.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, it, it is. I, I think one of the biggest things in mindset it to me is we all get kicked every once in a while, right? Sometimes we kick ourselves. We, we throw some uh, landmines out there for ourselves, or at mm-hmm. least I do, you know, I like to keep myself on my toes. Right. But, uh, when you get, when you, you kind of run into a hurdle or a, a setback and stuff, it's okay. Like I think to me, the thing that I've become more self-aware of is when something does impact me and it, it like kind of knocks me off my normal track, you know, or off my mm-hmm. normal mindset or attitude, being able to recognize that more quickly than I could have before would have before. And just correct that because, uh, you know, half the time when you recognize what is it, what's happened or what has kind of thrown you off track, you kind of just can chuckle about it and go back about, just set yourself. It's just recognizing going, why am I letting this deter, you know, my progress on this and you kind of laugh it off and move back to where you're supposed to be. But I think right. just recognizing that, you know, that setback is, and that it has impacted you is is one of the most crucial things for me.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. You know what? It, to me, for me, it, it prevents complacency. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, when I you know, if I'm in a business transaction and and I make a mistake or I miss something, I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like I just did one. I I just did one, and and I made a few mistakes. It cost the company about three hundred bucks. But I learned, you, you know, and I, of course, I'm not going to charge the client that, you know, but uh, but behind the scenes, I'm like, man, I just I just uh, I just, uh, yeah, screwed up and uh, charged, you know, cost of three hundred dollars. But it, but it prevents complacency. It does. And going back to the, to the dynamics of working with civilian employees in, in an active duty military unit, I was also overseas.
1: Right. So
0: we also had Japanese employees as well. Mm-hmm. and then Okinawans, which they're different, right? Japanese, yes. mainland, and then, then Okinawans. So we also had employees under us as well that I had to understand the partnership yeah. between the United States and the government of Japan right? and how those employment processes impact us and, and what we should and need to do for our, our
1: uh, local national employees. Right. And, and And then with that comes also cultural differences, you know? Like you know, having to understand some of the cultural norms that w- luckily I'm sure you were trained in that because we, we I, experienced that with uh, just our our people anyway in the military because we come gozaimasu.
0: from all over. <laughs> look at
1: that. See, look, you're on point now. You're on point already. How long did it take you? Like, did you take uh, the Japanese classes before you went over? Or you, you know what I found in my journeys with people? You just talk to
0: people. Yeah, and just 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 be amenable to to learning from them. Yeah. So I learned, you know, my Japanese how to enunciate it and how to you know say it through the local Okinawans and in Japanese when I went to mainland. Right. That's that's exactly how I learned how to speak some of it.
1: I, I uh, didn't really work so much, you know. It wasn't when when I was in Japan. Um, I was on mainland at Sugi we were deployed most of the time. So my time back, you know, most of my Japanese was learned from my Japanese friends. Like I lived out in town, like in a, right. a side away from the American side of base. So I could just kind of immerse in, and, and experience it. Right. So I learned quickly the same thing, just learn from everybody there. And then also that if you're not as afraid to screw up and laugh at yourself, people will join in because then they're not afraid to try English or whatever the case was. And so I could just go out and just try to say something. And I knew it was totally wrong, but it was okay. Somebody would laugh, correct me, and then we'd have this great conversation. Then I've got a new friend, and then it would branch to the next one, the next one. But again, just got to get out and try it, right? Absolutely, Jay. You got to take the first step, no matter uh, what it is, and then smile. Yeah. Yeah. You're,
0: you're right. I like that. Yeah. Take a step and smile while you're doing it. <laughs> Because it will make a difference on a,
1: on a person receiving you. <laughs> oh, it does. It does. That is it. Shoot. Even when you're giving bad news or I uh, <laughs> actually, I, I uh, when I was look, looking inside, I listened to a couple of your podcasts that I also uh, just, you know, with internet now you, you can find anything. So I, I saw a couple of interviews, a couple of pieces and stuff from your uh, back in the, in the Marine Corps time and right. the motivational things and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> but it is true. I, I like uh, kind of the mindset thing. I saw a couple pieces where back to that kind of correcting, like we've both been corrected before going from a correctional to a motivational end, which I think again, is a huge leadership technique, um, that I, that I recognize (laughs) you. I'm like, Oh, I see what, you know, what just happened there. And I think that, uh, I don't know. It's fun to watch those things when you've been on both sides of it, you know what I mean? And you understand a little bit of that. So, uh, how does that translate over to your business endeavors?
0: well so what i've learned and how it translated for me is that not literally every human being is totally different right and and you cannot right take a cookie cutter approach to your leadership behavior it it, it and it changes daily and what i learned what i learned is you know, you have you right the, the person that is in a position to influence those near you, around you, that work for you, hell, even your wife and your children. Mm-hmm. You have to be a student of the leadership behavior. Right. You have to study it. You have to analyze it. Uh, kind of like the um, it, you you have to like Bloom's taxonomy. Y- you have to continue that process. As it pertains to your leadership behavior, and understand that just because today everyone's inspired, the company's doing great, people are excited, does not mean tomorrow Mario's house just got you know caught on fire by the renter, oh. or, or, or or right, or one of your employees just yeah. found out their parent died. Yeah, there's things that happen while living that changes the dynamics of your mental state. Yeah. And the person that's leading, that's right, that's, that's in a position to, to influence these people, you need to understand that today is not the same as tomorrow, and tomorrow not the same as the next day. And you have to watch their body language, and you have to be ready to adjust, maybe the way you're speaking, maybe the way you're looking, or sometimes just listen, just shut up and listen. But I learned all of that because of all the mistakes I made <laughs> while I was in the Marine Corps, interacting with very, very diverse groups of people, but I was aware and I was, I was, you know, like Jay, like you talked about, I I was aware of my pride and I was aware of my emotions to go, it's okay, Mario, that you, you screw this one up and it's okay to go to this person, no matter what rank or position they are to say, I'm sorry. which I
1: think, I think that's a huge part of it too, because there's sometimes it's kind of like, like, like when we were kids, you know, like even best friends getting fights, right. But like when we were kids, like fist fights, but they're still best friends, or they become best friends after that people. It's weird how those dynamics work. You just get it out. And, uh, it's amazing what, uh, I guess how much more it will create a bond with someone, even with a leadership versus, you know, any kind of bond really when you can go to someone and tell them like, Hey, I screwed up. And, you know, and just acknowledge that truthfully. And it's crazy how much, you know, even if it's not that second, it it really does build that bond and it it, it builds the trust. And that's huge.
0: You you know, in the Marine Corps, one of the evaluations, you know, we get a performance evaluation called a fit rep, but one of the, one of the attributes, it says that you should strive to build a relationship where the leader and the lead it's forever, right? Where the leader and the lead is forever. And I say that because if you if you are in the position of higher authority mm-hmm. and you, you know, you're in a position where you have a better, you know, broader uh, scope of influence. It's you, I believe, that needs to set the conditions where, where people are comfortable yeah. w- with talking to you. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and but you have to do that. And and what I found from that, Jay, was my last assignment as Wounded Warrior Battalion West Sergeant Major. Because I did that with my own effort, my behavior to show those those injured and sick, Ill, injured and ill Marines and sailors that you can you can come talk to me. Yeah. I'm You know, I'm, I'm a SAR Major, but you can talk to me. This kid came to me. You know what he said? He's a sorry major. He said, I just have to ask you a, for a favor. I said, what you got? He said, I'm bipolar and schizo. And I know your son is your adult son. My son is he goes, your son is bipolar and schizo schizoaffective. He said, can you please stop talking about how well he's doing because I'm not doing well and he's a, I'm a Marine. He is not. And it's making me feel like I'm weak. Wow. He said, "So can you?" Yep. He said, so you can you please stop talking about how well your 23 year old is doing with his mental health disorder because it's depressing me. Cool. And I hugged him. I said, devil dog. Thank you so much. And it's things like that, that if you don't create the environment, Mm -hmm. where they also, and I say they, that's anyone that may be subordinate to you or your colleague, it doesn't matter where they, if they, if they don't feel comfortable talking to you, it doesn't matter where you're located at, you know, what area of the world you're in. There are some things that you're just not going to know about yourself.
1: Yeah. That's a pretty impactful story. And it is great that he felt comfortable to come talk to you, but it's another just shows that you never know how your words, even the most well-intended words, impact another person. You know, no no way in the million years would I've thought, you know, talking about successes, uh, you know, overcoming, uh, you know, something would impact someone that way. But, you know, you, you just can't tell. You don't know what other people are going through ever.
0: You don't know. And, and, and nor can you no
1: no no no. Nor, and nor
0: can you you just have to understand that there there's there's approximately eight billion humans on
1: earth and there's approximately eight billion universes <laughs> it, it is too true and it, i feel like as long as everyone's trying if you're doing your best you know to try to respect and and be there for everybody then you know that's all you can do like you said Holy you you, know, you can't really kick yourself for that all you can like you said Hey, thank you. You know, that, that just added another that was a learning experience for you as well. And it did, Jay. And it really helped
0: me building stakeholder relationships in the private sector mm-hmm. um, in the nonprofit sector to help me it really help me develop relationships uh, with part, potential partners and uh, donors, and board members. And, and so, yeah, so that really, you know, manifested itself when I when I uh, developed in uh, the two companies.
1: Yeah, that I I think uh, we we spoke just shortly, uh, briefly about before we, we started recording about how sometimes people, myself included, don't realize what the military has prepared us for, or what our time has, if we choose to let allow it and choose right. to uh, recognize what uh, experiences we've been given, or uh, or you know, or opportunities we've been given, um, because a lot of times when you look just if you look at a job title from the military to the job title you may be wanting to do or something you want to try outside it, it it's not like a direct correlation a lot of times you know for right. some it could be but i think that anyone who can take the time to look back at their experiences and uh, decide how to apply those it it's a huge benefit huge benefit if you just take the yeah. time to recognize what you've learned
0: yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and a couple of things I would like to highlight is one, attitude. You know, mm-hmm. when you hire someone, you can't send them to higher level training for attitude. Mm-hmm. You can hire someone that doesn't have the degree or you know, they, may, they, they may not be credentialed. If they have a great attitude and they're dependable, mm-hmm. I can get you in the company. We can pay for you to get that bachelor's, yeah, maybe get that certification, but I can't send you to the University of Attitude. Yeah. And it's the attitude that a lot of, I believe, servicemen and women, they bring to the private sector is invaluable. Number two, dependable. You just you want an employee that you can depend on and trust. Right. It it just crushes your bottom line when your retention is horrible because you're hiring, you know, Mario Fields, who has a triple master, this and that. But but he's not dependable and his attitude now, you know, and he's, and it's hard to get him out of the company once you hire them. It's so dependability third one. And we just, and I, I've experienced it with COVID-19. We are comfortable in crisis. Yeah. And we always look for opportunities in moments of crisis. That's true. And it's, you know, and it's because of our experiences and I'm either underway and and you know we don't get refueled something doesn't show up there's no the budget no one didn't you know someone didn't approve <laughs> a funding stream to get something to happen but right. we are very and I say we service I believe you know servicemen and women are very comfortable with looking for opportunities in some of the worst
1: t- despair right situations mhm mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. With, I agree with that, too. I think sometimes we enjoy it a little bit, too, because it's like gets us out of the day to day. Because how many times have you seen like on deployment, you you can't wait to get home when you've been gone a while. Right. You, you know, you miss things about home. You look forward to get home, seeing family, friends, stuff like that. Right. After a, a while at home, you start looking forward to deployment again. Right. <laughs> I mean, It's kind of crazy. It's a crazy cycle. So I think it's, it's, adrenaline. The it's like
0: a little bit that. of it. Yeah. You need the shot of man. It's too quiet. hmm everything's going smooth. We, we we need something to happen so I can go into action.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Cause you feel, I think a lot of times in the military and it can happen in the business side too. You start feeling like an insurance company or something where it's like you put in all this time, effort and the government's putting in money for you to train, 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 just in case you're needed. And it's kind of like, sometimes you're like, you know, not that you wish an accident on someone, but you're like, I kind of want to be needed. Let's, let's go do something, you know? rough to happen.
0: Give me, give me a challenge. Yeah. And I, and I had to, and I had, and I was aware of that, you know, when I first built the companies, I, you know, I, I, again, the first step is being aware of it. Yeah. And, and then, and then gaining a better understanding of what it is and, and how to leverage it where, where your, your employees don't go, what the heck? Right. Why is Jay always waking up going, it's too quiet in here? <laughs> right, kick some trash cans. Something we need a business transaction to go south. <laughs> <laughs> right, we can, do, we, can, we, can, so, is, we can, so we can test our processes.
1: Every time we have a bad, like every time when something gets bad, it becomes like at first you're like, oh man, great. Now this, and then, but to your point, then after that, you're like, all right, let's roll. And then you do it. And then you're like, when you're done, you're smiling bigger than normal where you're like, all right, cool. I kind of earned my pay today. Or I, I did something this week, you know, as opposed to, all right, that was another another week of business, you know?
0: You know, but- the other thing I, I believe is we, we look for crisis opportunities because it tests your training, right? It tests the structure of your company. Um, it tests your endurance. It tests a lot of things, very complex, but it tests, you know, it, it will test you. And so if if there's not a life event, right, which every second of the day is a life event, but if it's an, you know, if, if it's an, if it's not an unexpected, if you don't have unexpected external environmental events that you didn't plan for, then how could you test your systems and processes and, and your right. endurance of your people and yourself as it as included.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. And we, well, we need stress, right? We need stress, good stress and bad stress, bad stress, right? Absolutely. So we have to have that, but you're right too. You don't, you don't improve your processes if you don't get to really test them. You mentioned attitude a few minutes ago, which we, I think we both agree that that's probably if there's one attribute that is the most important, that would be it in my opinion. Yeah. Um, So in relation to that, The thing that I heard, which I want to get your opinion on this one, the thing that I heard over and over and over uh, as you progress in military was that uh, not 10 percent of your people will take up 90 percent of your time. Right. So what's your I have my own uh, feelings about that one. So I want to uh, get your input on that one. You know, that's a cliche. It's Mm -hmm. it's a choice. You, you have a
0: choice as a, as a senior enlisted advisor, right? A sergeant major, chief petty officer, command master chief. I mean, command sergeant major, it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, but it's a choice. You, you don't have to allow any percentage of anybody to take up any of your time. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I it, for me, what I did is once I understood that I control my time, I, it's a choice. So I'm going to start making choices. So what I would do is I would say, you know, someone came in with a major issue. I would say, well, why is it major? Mm -hmm. And what's the definition of major? Because what's major to you may be minor to Smith. Right. And then let's let anatomy of an accent. How do we even get here? Mm -hmm. So you come back to me after about four hours of you figuring out how did this tree even grow near your house, my friend? (laughs) And I would what I did was I reversed it, and I would make them do all the work, right? And then I would go about my business. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So it's it's not trying to it, it's you know a lot of I, there was a point where I felt like it was my burden, like I it was my duty, my obligation to prevent Jones from getting a DUI or to you know to save Smitty's marriage. You know, it's me. It's it's indicative of my inability to lead if they fail. You, you know, I had that mindset in time. I became a more accurate thinker. Yeah. And I said, and then my kids, you know, they were teenagers. I was like, I can't control a human being. <laughs> I'm living it with my teenagers. Yeah. So that's when I changed where it wasn't, you know, 10 percent of the kind of the challenged humans, people mm-hmm. took up 90 percent of my time. It was reversed. It was 90% of my time was inspiring people. Those videos on the YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. going out to people going, hey, how are you? Yeah. What can I do for you, chief? What can I do for the sailors aboard the ship? Just going out and trying to touch 100 people a day. The 10% was, Jones, come back and see me when you can articulate how did you even get in this situation? Right.
1: That's a good way to put it. Uh, I wish I, I wish I'd have had that one. That's that's not what I use, but I wish I would have. But uh, no, I agree with you 100 percent because I found that the of the 10 percent that you know try to suck up most time or, or cause most issues. I, 2% of those are easy issues. They just don't know something or you can give them a key or whatever. The, most of it, though, like 8% of that is going to be the attitude. It's back to attitude. They don't want to do better. They don't care. They don't whatever. At that point in time, it doesn't mean it can't change. But I always felt that that was kind of, a like you said, a cliche and people use that as an excuse for not being effective leaders for the other 90%. Because yeah. to me, my job to look, I, I was getting paid by the military, right? So the government's paying me. My job is to give them the best team that, that you can, you know, the best group, whatever you're leading is to do best by that. And I just never saw that your time is best spent spending it all trying to salvage a couple of people that don't want to be salvaged until yeah. they're ready. Um, why not spend 90% of your time making these other 90% of the people even better than they, you know, the ones that want to get better. Absolutely. You, you know, Jane. what I did is I removed the binary
0: discussion framework, right, where, you know, someone comes in the sergeant mayor's office and you're trying to get them to understand. And, hey, come on, devil. Da-. No, you know what I used to do? They come in, and, you know, let's say they did something that's uh, probably um, equivalent to almost earning them an administrative separation uh-huh. in the private sector. That means you're getting you're on a performance evaluation program or your know, or, or employee program, a PIP, and you're going to probably get fired. When they would come in, I would say, OK, looking at your behavior, looking at accurate information, looks like you want to get kicked out. So how can I help you? <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. Yep, yep. I, I would say, go. hey, I had a refrigerator. I said, go get a beverage. And uh, so let's let's collaborate. It looks like you want to get uh, put in jail. So let me help you get there quicker. <laughs> <laughs> Let me facilitate this for you. Yeah, I'm not going to fight you. I'm mm. not, I'm, I'm not, just, it's not a win or lose. Right. The world's not binary, you know, my friend. So let's have a non binary discussion where it's not going to be, you're going to come in my office and, and it's going to be this battle with the sergeant major. No, you're going to come in and it's going to be a very multi layer, complex discussion that's not binary. And we're going to discuss. It. So I say, okay, looks like from your behavior, accurate, right? Not my opinion, that you really want to get locked up. Yeah. So how can I help you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just always, always the helpful Sergeant Major, right? Like, <laughs> again, it takes that 90 percent cliche yeah.
0: where where my colleagues, right? My peers would be in the offices for hours yelling, yeah. you know, hey, and, and I'm already done with like counseling five people in yeah. like 10 minutes. And I'm already out <laughs> on the base shaking hands and motivating the positive stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just let me know how I can help you get locked up or let me know how I can help you not get divorced or whatever, whatever, you know, whatever. It wasn't always bad.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: But just let me know how can I help you with my connections, my resources and my unique experiences. Thank you so much. I uh, want to come back tomorrow or see you after lunch.
1: <laughs> that's all. Yeah, I, hey, you know, that's a good way of getting concise with that and letting people kind of figure out because that's another a great point too is people don't always know what they need or want or what they're even <laughs> trying to get to something's just wrong and then they want to hey, fix this and like fix what what do we what help me understand what fix
0: yeah it. yeah exactly so exactly. that's the secret for your listeners and viewers they say and you look so young you know you, you look so young after doing almost 30 years of Marine Corps. that's because i didn't stress out about
1: much stuff <laughs> right <laughs> and that doesn't mean and that's not to be confused with not caring either you know right. but it is, it's a good point you some things are stressful and and uh <laughs> That's one of the first things uh, when I first started real estate and, uh, and this actually my first deal uh, would have been probably one of the biggest ones I had done just to happen to happen that way. And it fell apart and it was my client's fault. Like, you know, it's like a funding issue that, you know, whatever fell apart. And a couple of people in the, the office like, Oh my God, that must be, you know, on, that's a big check and stuff. And I hadn't thought about it like that. Cause this is, I'm fresh out of, right. you know, out of the Navy. And I'm like, well, nobody really Died. Uh, nobody's not coming home today. Can, right. You know what I mean. So it was just that perspective. But um, you know what I mean. And it's just like you've got to recognize everybody's perspective as well. That's the tough thing, as we mentioned, where you don't know. But yeah. you know it did. Nothing, nothing stopped happening because that deal didn't happen. I just didn't get a paycheck, you know, but well, you can right. make those back, you know. Um, and I think having some of our experiences and seeing different things and different people go through different things really helps us put a lot into perspective if we allow ourselves to kind of call on that. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, Jay, you brought up a
0: good point here a couple of seconds ago. People, people used to always say, you know, Sergeant Major, we know you care. And I would say, well, how do you know I care? And they couldn't answer. I said, well, let me help you out. I gave you my time. Mm-hmm. Like no matter, no matter what the reason was for you and I to engage in any type of conversation or, right. or whatever it was, I didn't have to give you my time. And that's one of the most important things I believe any human being has is their own personal time. That's and true. I said, so if you really want to know I care, it's not because I didn't, you know, I, if I give you my time, no matter what, then that means I
1: care. Right, right. Because I don't have to give it to you. Yeah, and that ties in really well with not spending all the time on people's problems that they don't understand, too. Right. You know, like, hey, I'll give you the time when you understand what it is you need for me or how I can help right. you. Right.
0: Jay, you got it. Jay, that's the secret sauce. That is, If we had to put that in a scientific theory, that's exactly the structure. There's, I'm going to give you a little time to set up a discussion framework, but you need to do some homework. Yeah. you need to gain a better understanding of of yourself and what's going on while living in your life, and right. then let's carve out a little bit more time.
1: It, it, the time thing I, that is so so valuable, and to me, one of the things whenever you transferred military to me, it was like an, a great new opportunity, right? It's almost like each command is a lab class. I looked at it like that, like you're getting this education. Where where else do they just give you? Like, hey, you can come start over. We're giving you the, this is your group of people. Try not to mess it up. So you, you know, and, and so if you just take, I mean, it doesn't even take that much time, but like 15 minutes, even driving in the gate for the first time or something with the new command and reflecting on what did or didn't work previously, what things worked really well, what things you think you could have done better from the last two years, three years, a tiny bit of reflection makes a big difference on adding those tools to your belt of, of knowing what you can do when you see situations, when you walk in the next door and, that was one of the things I missed after leaving. So now I really appreciate, like uh, there's been um, a few people uh, that I've talked to after their command duty, like you know, their squadron commanding officer, and they, they have the change of command and they're going to go on to the next. And I love sitting down with a, you know, a, a drink with them and just like, I super appreciate since I'm not in that, area anymore for them, you know, and I'll ask like, Hey, what do you think you could have done better? What did you learn from that time? What went really well? Because that's free education from them too. If we take the time to listen to people, um, especially people that we respect or know that they do care and they mean, you know, mean to do well all the time. It's great to learn from other people's experiences at a level, like maybe that I haven't done or haven't been to, or just even done the same thing I did, but differently. Right. Yeah. But it also can be uh, a bad thing. Right. Mm-hmm. When when I when I
0: retired and I had my first and only uh, executive level job in the private sector, um, I had direct reports and I was giving them what I thought was good time. Right. Effective time, whatever word you want to put in front of it. But actually, it was making my direct reports feel um, like I didn't trust them. Uh huh. So where the military is, we want to see our senior, right? Where's our leadership? Where's our leaders? Where are they? We want, you know, we love when they come and visit and the Marine Corps. Oh, I saw our majors in the field with us. Oh, that's cool. You know, right? Yeah. When I went to the private sector, that actually worked against me. Oh, yeah. And I had some direct reports that were, were contacting the, you know, the CEO going, you know, our director, you know, our boss, I mean, they were calling, they're going directly to the CEO. And going, you know, he's making us uncomfortable. He's working too hard. I don't think he trusts me because he's always out here asking to help me. Jay, you're talking about someone confused. Yeah. Yeah. I I sat in the CEO's office and and I looked at the CEO and I said, this is the most confusing (laughs) situation as it pertains to caring for people I have ever experienced Mm -hmm. in my life as a human. I said, so help me (laughs) gain a better understanding of the culture and what can I do to not make my direct subordinates feel like I'm not approachable and feel like I don't trust them because I'm trying to just be a team player. Right. That was literally my my statement. I said, I'm open-minded. I'm aware of my emotions. And I would love to sit down with my employees to see how we can develop and work together a solution. But if they are afraid to talk to me because I care, then please help me find a better way to connect.
1: Right. Were they they able, was uh, your CEO kind of a, able to able to steer you in the right direction or did you just kind of have to figure that one out let's say i no, the
0: ceo didn't (laughs) No, to see which is fine Mm because because i don't i you know i just believe that the the the, the ceo at that time did not have experience in this situation gotcha where you have a you know when i took that job they said i was the you know i was the first person that actually really got out in the i think it was like 500 square miles of area of service Uh and they said that they were like the previous directors didn't travel as much as you did they were like they the, the when i say they the senior level executives enjoyed it they were like it is cool to see you out and about building stakeholder relationships and, and and just visiting all of you know the the direct reports but the direct reports are like he's working too hard <laughs> we don't like seeing him once a week yeah so what i did again military training military mm-hmm. i don't want to say training military experiences in the global global platforms understanding human dynamics what i did was i first looked in the mirror and said okay I started to assess myself mm-hmm. and then I started to challenge some of my beliefs as it pertains to this job. And i you know, through empirical data, I said, all right, that belief, Mario, that you visiting uh, your direct subordinates once a week is good is a false belief because where's the proof? You visiting your direct reports once a week is detrimental to their health because you have proof. <laughs> They're complaining. <laughs> right. Therefore, change your belief. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I had. To, yeah. So I had to do self-evaluation. Know yourself. Seek self-improvement. I mean, a lot of people say that that cliche, that statement. You have to do it. Right. And you have to be aware of your emotions. Don't go, man, I missed the military. Man, I had to deal with this crap when I was in the Marine Corps. See, that's wrong mindset. You have right. to go, OK, what can I do and what can be done yeah. for the for the betterment of the company and the people? And that's what I did.
1: I know I see uh, a lot of people I knew from the military that uh, after like, maybe they get out after six years, eight years. And it's like, man, I miss it. I miss it so much. And I remember them the whole time they were in, man, I can't wait to get out of this stupid thing and yeah. go to the civilian world where I get treated. Right. You know, and it's kind of uh, like, you start realizing like, Hey man, it's, it's, it's might be different issues, but there's going to be problems everywhere. Everywhere.
0: And, <laughs> and, and, and 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 no matter what, there's always going to be someone And no matter what you do, they just don't like you. And it's okay. That's it's okay. Stupid. It's you. It's not likership. I mean, I'm not in, you know, you're not in business for you to like me, but there's always, you know, I had one direct subordinate. I had one employee that no matter what I did, that employee just, there was something about Mario P. Fields, right? There's something about me that that employee was like, I just don't like. And right. I was like, that's fine, but this is business. Yeah. And there's no emotions behind this. It's just thinking through our mission mm-hmm. and let's, let's, right? Let's. I keep open dialogue and accept each other's beliefs. And I didn't say we have to agree. Right. For the betterment of the people, right. not you and I. Right. And that was my mindset. And it worked well. It didn't work well, but, it, but at the first 90 days, I was like, okay. <laughs> wow. I never knew caring would be a problem. <laughs> right. You care too much. <laughs> yeah, I had one of them tell me you're working too hard. I said, what do you mean? You're always on the road visiting people. I said, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) I said, help me, help, again, help me gain a better understanding of what you believe I should be doing. And and the the employee couldn't tell me. I said, well, if, if, if you can't articulate your belief, then it's hard for me to make a change because I don't know. I'm confused on your statement. Yeah. But, yeah, I got a lot of that. And these were my
1: employees. I was their boss if you showed up and there were a set of golf clubs with a bow on it for you, then that'd be that clear signal. Like, this is what we want you to do This yeah. <laughs> is <laughs> what we had in mind for you. Yeah. yeah or pink slip. <laughs> yeah. That's the other way to
0: go. No, just, well, you're right. You know, you know, right. It, it just, it just like three clubs, a driver, you know, a putter. Yeah. And a pitching wedge. <laughs> we, we just want you to drive putt and pitch Mario drive yeah. putt and pitch and, <laughs> and, and not in that order.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey. Hey. At least you know. Again, that's a learning experience, right? That's one more under your belt that you can carry on Absolutely. to. So, I mean, well, gosh, like you, you already taken so much and transferred that into so many different uh, civilian endeavors. You know, from the uh, well, I said the motivation. How about the motor? Can you tell us a little bit about your motivational speaking company? Because. It seemed to be a perfect transition after seeing some of your YouTube videos. I thought, well, crap, that's like not that's nothing new. (laughs) Well, Jay, Jay,
0: you know, it's interesting you you mentioned that I didn't want to build that company. Really? That was not my dream. That is not my dream. You know what my dream was? You know what my plan was Mm -hmm. to go to Tampa, Florida? I had six schools picked out to do JRLTC and do business consulting on the side. That was my transition plan. But I, I have Christian beliefs, and I had a vision one day and said, "Now you're going to build a nonprofit, and you're going to really make a positive impact on people." And I said, "Good Lord, thanks for the vision." Um, but I don't even know how to spell nonprofit at this point, God. You know, I mean, and I'm joking, but so so essentially, I I I became obedient to the vision, built the nonprofit. Well, when I was building the nonprofit, the lawyer, my wife said, "You need to build a for profit." You'd be a for-profit company because if there's any company that would like consulting in the public speaking industry, Mm -hmm. coaching or keynote speaking or broadcasting, you name it, you cannot use your nonprofit for a profit. And I told the lawyer, I said, thank you. But no, thank you. (laughs) Seriously. And my wife said, Mario, you probably need to build another company. I said, babe, I love you, but I am not building another company. Four months, I fought them. Not physically. December 21st of 2018, my wife walked in with a credit card and said, Merry Christmas, build a company.
1: (laughs) Word of God. that's that's like the golf clubs waiting for you. Right. I'm telling you, here's your marching order. It's true. She's the president
0: of Global Inspirational Speakers. So it's the Speakers Bureau that uh, partners with uh, inspirational consultants and speakers um, that provide public speaking services throughout the industry. We're also certified to do government contracting. So any NAIC co-in-government contracting is federal and state that are looking for coaches, consultants. I mean, you name it for mental health. um, I mean, that that. Industry is huge. This company also puts together proposals and go after government contracts to uh, hire folks, right? Hire people to uh, to meet those those
1: contracting needs throughout the government system. Oh, that's that's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I love how some of these um, amazing projects come out of has uh, it not just hesitation, but like full on opposition. You know, like no, 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 full on.
0: And because everyone's like, oh, we knew you always wanted to be a mom. I'm like, first of all, it's an inspirational, it, you know, empirical data backs up inspiration, you know, inspiration. And mm-hmm. I said, it's an, it's a speaker's bureau. So I, I actually run, you know, I'm like the guy, you know, the, the, the NFL football team owner, you know, I'm not on the field throwing the ball. I'm actually in the booth <laughs> making corporate decisions. So I, I don't do a lot of speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I chose not to, I want to run the company. Mm-hmm. But the podcast allows me to, to, you know, to get back into my natural arena. And really that's just learning more about people,
1: connecting to people right. and, you know, and being inspired by their own personal journeys. And in the podcast, I, I love that one too. I, I got to listen to quite a few of those. I started throwing that on in the car and uh, it's not just the um, subjects, but just the the people you've had on it's a really i think that uh, anyone especially looking you know getting close to transition from the military i think it's a great one it's called unarmored right unarmored talk podcast unarmored talk and it is um, yeah some some really cool and it, it, it really touches on some cool subjects too just through i mean everyone's story is is really i mean from tbi to i mean there, it, it's just great and it's and it's just people sharing some of those stories and uh you know and what it took to transition something because there is a transition process and that's something i think that i took for granted, granted a little bit there is a bit of a transition of kind of finding yourself even if you're doing your own even in your own company it's it it, it yeah. transition finding yourself when you've done a certain thing in a somewhat certain way for so long and yeah. uh, Hearing that from different people and and some of the other challenges they've had are pretty amazing. So, no, I appreciate it. And you you know the cool thing, Jay, about the podcast, the discussion framework
0: is to talk about a life event while living. Period. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can interview anyone, mm-hmm. and, and, and so and you've seen you've seen a variety of of, yeah. of challenges. And so the cool thing is, and it's built so you understand your emotions and feelings are natural. Yeah. But it takes effort to think, and, mm-hmm. and the podcast is designed to help people transitioning or not, private sector, public sector, but to help humans understand that you have to choose to think through life events, right? And that increases the outcome of it's, it potentially increases the outcome of the situation. But if you just emotionally react, for instance, someone punches you in the face, emotional response, you punch them back, right? But you. But to think, you have to go, okay, he just hit me or she just hit me. Is it worth hitting the back? <laughs> See, that's, that's called thinking yeah, accurately. Mm-hmm. And so, the, so Unarmored Talk is designed for you to remove your armor, to talk about a personal challenge and how emotions and feelings played, played in it, you know, right, influenced it, but how you thought through it um, that influenced the outcome. And one I would recommend to all the listeners, they're all great. They're all, you know, great. Watch them, listen to them. They're great. But but one of the ones that I just released was the one where Lieutenant Colonel's husband was trying to uh, kill her. And he poisoned her 81 times. Thank oh God. Yeah. Yeah. That episode, you know, this episode Lieutenant Colonel Flatley. The thumbnail is, uh, I'm in my service office and she, I was her sergeant major, by the way, right before I retired. I had no idea. So if you look on the YouTube channel for video, it's the thumbnail with the with me and my service office and she's in her service office. Um and then on the Apple audio podcast, it's you know, it's on the Apple audio podcast as well.
1: Is this the most recent one? Cause I didn't see that one. Yeah, this one is as a matter of fact, I give you
0: the episode real fast here. And the reason why I bring that one up because it 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 again, it highlights Mm -hmm. Um, that just because, you know, and I I put a military spin on it, just because you're a uh, lieutenant colonel or a senior officer doesn't mean that you're not going to experience something a little bit more grotesque, if you will, than enlisted folks. Right. And that episode was episode 18. 18. Yep. Episode 18. The title is, When You Discover You're Being Poisoned by Your Spouse. I I missed that one. Yeah, you got to check that one out. Check that one out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, thanks Jay for bringing the podcast up. And again, it's a platform that helps people develop an accurate way of thinking uh, by listening to other people's major right personal challenges and how they didn't emotionally respond
1: when these life events occurred. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's a great one. I really enjoy it. I'm gonna go back and check that one out. (laughs) <laughs> for sure. Uh, but that, and it does help people. It helps people for, again, recognition. You, you brought it up. I mean, so many times it's kind of been brought up subtly during the, just us talking today, even when you're about your issues with your first job and you go to your CEO and talking about like, Hey, I am emotionally aware, you know, I'm aware of my emotions. Like you, you specifically said that when you're talking, you know, with your CEO. And I think that that's a huge part of uh, everything we're doing, but both in our leadership journey as well as a transition into like, civilian life, uh, dealing with any crisis, being aware of your emotions is is huge. And we all slip up on it. We all slip up. Yes, we do. I mean, everyone else does, not me, but everybody else. <laughs> I, I believe. <laughs> probably slips up in that, but, uh, but yeah, just being, being aware of that. I think that's a huge one. Um, man, this is great because we have a a few pillars that we'd like to talk about during here. And, you know, some of it is the just preparation, both financial and, uh, you know, just yourself preparation for a transition out of the military. There's the financial stability and obviously a lot in investing, um, you know, coming from the real estate side, but uh, we got to hit a lot of them here. How about uh, one piece of advice maybe that you did or wish you'd done for the financial side or, you know, that you either did really well or you wish you would have done to better prepare for financial stability down the road?
0: Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you uh, two. So, so one, don't believe that you, you can't retire from the military and live off your VA, your pension, um, and, and your disability. You can. Do do your homework and look at low cost areas. Where when I mean low cost, I mean you know to live in these areas are are pretty inexpensive. You know, because I used to believe that. I used to hear people go, "Yeah, you got to work when you retire if you want to have a comfortable life." And here I am, retired, and I work for me, mm-hmm. literally, right? Actually, I work for people. and Yeah, right. that's what I do. But but so so don't believe in cliches that you can't retire. And, and financially live comfortably off your pension and VA. But you also want to supplement that with investments. And Jay, you brought up real estate. When I was younger, I listened to some senior Marines and they said, hey, invest in real estate. Just get you one or two rental properties when you're younger. And I said, why is that? They said, because it's going to provide residual income. And I said, well, what's residual income? And they explained that to me when I was like 27. Well, I did that. You know, so I bought a townhouse in the right side of Washington, D.C. And I said, I have no idea what the future is going to bring because I can't predict it. I can imagine that when I retire, it's going to bring some type of (laughs) residual income. Right. This was 2005. You know, we bought the place and we bought it. It, The market crashed. I watched this thing just I was upside down in the mortgage, but I said, I'm going to be patient. I'm still young. I still have a lot of time before I'm close to 50. So let's just hold on to it and see what happens. Well, now it's 2021. No one could have. Ima- I didn't imagine the pandemic would come, nor would I imagine that the inventory across the nation would be at historical lows. Yeah. And all of the complexities as- associated with the current real estate market, which is driving prices high, which is growing our equity by thousands of dollars every 30 days. Mm-hmm. So with that said, because I listened to that, uh, you know, I listened, I couldn't understand, but I made a choice because I said there's got to be some type of value to that experience and this wisdom. Now I'm in the position where we're going to sell the property in less than 12 months. We're preparing to sell it. And not only is it going to allow us to invest in a like property for my my son who has a mental illness, right, who needs help getting on his feet. But I'm also good. my daughter's getting married next year, and I'm also able to go and go. Hey, how much is the venue? Yeah, you know what, mom and dad, God bless you. This is it. <laughs> the other thing is, I can invest in my nonprofit for the for the you know K through twelve youth that you know the schools we adopt. We can do renovations in our house, and we can also right get rid of a little bit. We don't have much debt, but we can also put down the, some of the debt and live comfortably with still a nice cushion of residual income. Yeah. Because of that 2005 decision.
1: Mm -hmm. So, yeah. People will look at it and say, hey, that's the, you know, it's easy to look back and go, oh, that's the worst time ever to buy, but the worst time ever, and it made money. Absolutely. You know? And
0: and even my current uh, property, Jay, Mm -hmm. the current property we bought in 2009, where the market in Jacksonville, North Carolina was at the peak. Mm -hmm. The next year, it just started to depreciate. (laughs) And it did from 2010 until like 20, 2017. And I remember looking at the balance of my mortgage and then looking at, you know, the the, the kind of the uh, approximate value, like $80,000 upside down. Yeah. But again, I said, let's be patient. Be aware of our emotions. Let's not try to just get rid of it and take mm-hmm. one of these programs. Now it's 2021, 12 years later, we have about $40,000 in equity in this house. Right. And it's going up. And even if the market goes down, it's not the same as the market crash. They're totally different. Yeah. They're they're different. So you can't go, oh, it's going to do the same. The correction may be $5,000 drop and that's it. So now we're in our late 40s. My wife and I say, we, my late. And now we have this financial freedom in our 40s -hmm. where if it weren't for the investment in real estate, I wouldn't be on this show telling you this.
1: Right. That, no, but that, that's, I mean, that's one of the things that gave me, and one of the reasons I started this podcast was the, even my time in the military was more I would say I enjoyed it more and I probably wouldn't have stayed in or I don't know that, but I definitely know it as It contributed to me staying in so long was the fact that I didn't have to be there because I did create some other income. So I could have had a little buffer to transition to something else, but it's amazing how much more fun you can have when you don't have to be there. Right.
0: Oh, wow. And you know what else I learned about being in the military? It allows you to buy property in a military basis, which is almost recession proof. And you just buy a property that, you know, you're, you know, or you may even come back to it, but right. you're not know going to get rented. You, you yeah. know, you going to get rented because you're right near a funding stream called a military installation.
1: Yeah, it is. That is a huge recession proof there. You know, you can always rent that out. And, and if you don't sell, you don't lose, right. You know, that's when things go upside down. You're not exactly losing that money, especially if someone's still paying your rent. Absolutely. Those are great points. So I wish you. I, I wish I knew you had a townhome there that you were uh, looking to sell outside DC. Because I just had a client and friend move a couple months ago. We sold his place here to move over to work the Pentagon. So to, I would have hit you up and said, "Let's let's do an exchange or something." Uh, but <laughs> yeah, you know, that that's is, is tough. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, right. But that's, that's what we're having to do. Like we, yeah, we just sold a, a listing. We had to another one of our clients because I mean, the only way now to, to sometimes get your client is to go find, find the listings and just pair them up, you know? Yeah. But yeah, no, that's, that's a great story. And, and it's a good, I, again, that's a just another example of just taking a step, right? You take a step, good things happen. You might have to be patient. Just don't act with emotion. That's another huge point there for, for that one gosh, I just, I, I, sometimes I get wrapped up in when people are timid of making their life better. And I understand it's usually just lack of understanding right. or, or, you know, there's some kind of barrier. And so that becomes our kind of my daily thing when people um, reach out and they've read a book on investing or something. So people reach out like, Hey man, I want to talk about this. I read this book. It's this, this, and I, I I need to understand what cap rate do I need? And I'm like, dude, you are talking to me about buying with a VA loan. You're not putting any money in it. Who cares what a cap rate is? Right. No so cash on cash. If you put zero money into it and you make money, that's just an infinite return. There's like, who care? You know, back to that common sense thing we talked about. You know, right before the show. So no, all those are huge things. Um, I just want to uh, wrap it back. You know, before we get off here, just to that again, the attitude thing, because I wrote that down as soon as you mentioned it, because I just think that you can apply that again to. Every aspect that we talked about today, whether it's the leadership, the management, the receiving the leadership and management, um, you know, whatever side you're on, I think that's huge in everything you do. And so, I, I thank you for for being a, I'm sure adjusting plenty of those attitudes in your time and uh, <laughs> and making them a lot more positive. <laughs> I I would say I influenced the change. Influence, there you
0: go. I influenced the change, but I used to tell them, but it's your choice. Yeah.
1: Like maybe maybe uh 15 years ago it was adjusting and then you know, as you matured, it was influenced, right? Yeah, it
0: was. Yeah. When I was a drone starter, there it was no influencing. You, you yeah. Yeah, when I was a DI and like, nah, this ain't up for debate. You you're gonna change or I'm going to, yeah. You know. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, I i think I, I had a few of those adjustments myself in the early couple years. So absolutely <laughs> I yeah, understand is, it. Right. This is this is the more seasoned
0: Mario P feels right. This is the more seasoned, but yeah, no. Nah, when I was a drone instructor, or even raising my children, yeah, uh, when they were teenagers, there were times like, oh no, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is not this is not up for debate. This is a binary discussion. Matter of fact, even binary. It's one way. Right.
1: <laughs> right. Hey, Mario, I just want to thank you again for your time. It was great talking to you. I know we talked a little bit even before the recording, because I was just excited to talk about some of the things that just, you know, things we had in common or things I wanted to learn from you. So I appreciate all your time. Again, check out Unarmored Talk. I, I think you definitely won't be disappointed with that. So everyone should jump on there and check that out. And if you'd want more information on Mario or how to connect with him or anything like that, just go to expertishpodcast.com, click on the link or send a message and we will get you the info or uh, get you in contact with Mario. I'm sure he, he can uh, help with your attitude as well. <laughs> just you know, You don't mind that, right? You can step back into the
0: role. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fine. You know, I I just go down in my closet and get this suit. on, You know, put get the, the suit on, get the dust off, and then we'll, we'll we'll go we'll go at it. remember my
1: job is. So what do you what do you want? What do you what do you want me to do? Help me gain a better <laughs> understanding. Let me help you. I'm stealing that as of today. We have our team meeting today, and I'm I'm gonna put that into action. I'm, then I'm gonna send you a message tomorrow and let you know how it worked out. <laughs> I appreciate it. Jay again. Thank
0: you. You know, my pleasure to meet you, and thank you for allowing me to be a guest on your show, man.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, Mario. And hopefully I'll be talking to you again soon. Absolutely. I got to get you on Unarmor Talk. That sounds good. All right, man. Take care.